we have a lot of clients that come to us struggling with training their dog, whether it be obedience training, house manner training, whatever it might be, they really are struggling. And so we sit down, we talk to them, and we start to take away, okay, what are the genetics of the dog? What is the dog's age, lifestyles, all these different things. And it always seems to boil down to one main thing. So that's what we're gonna talk about this week. The biggest reason why people struggle in their training. Let's dive into it next. All right, guys, welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Jake, from OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. I think this is a good topic. I think this is a topic that uh, people really are, are going to be interested in, and they're going to understand once once we talk about it um, that, yeah, you know what? This is true. This is us. This is me. And And I'll be honest. Sometimes this is even us as trainers. We make these same mistakes, and it's just about really thinking about it and be making a, a big effort into being this way, that's going to make a big difference. And before we get going, though, I want to make sure everybody subscribe to our channel. If you're listening, it'll help us out a lot. Subscribe to our channel, uh, click notifications so you get alerted anytime our new episodes come out. If you're watching us on YouTube, we are, even if you're listening to us on the podcast, I suppose, as well, we are um, putting out a a another video series called Myths of Dog Training, where we're going to take some very well-known or thought to be well-known training things that are actually not as true or not as helpful as you think, and we kind of break them down a little bit. We talk about it, and our first one's up right now, so make sure you head over to our YouTube channel and check that one out. Um, But yeah, and make sure you guys are sharing these podcasts. It's always helpful to us, but it's always helpful to everybody else too, because I think there's a lot of really good information that uh, you can get from these this, these podcast series and everything. So let's go ahead and jump into why I think it's what, what I think is the biggest reason why people struggle. I don't want to say fail, but I'll say struggle in dog training. And that is lack of consistency. Now you might go, well, yeah, duh, of course, lack of consistency. That's obvious. But there's a lot to it. And there's more than you think to it. And so we're going to get into, we're just going to dive into a bunch of different points here about consistency and where these struggles come from. The, the first one is, is your dog doesn't know through your inconsistency, your dog doesn't know what's expected of them. So your dog doesn't know, you know, are they, do they have to listen is what you're saying, is what you're saying a question or a, a command. They don't really know what's expected. And if you haven't been doing training or if you've been really wishy-washy on your training, which we'll talk about later, they don't quite understand. They're confused. And confusion can lead to dogs being disobedient or seemingly being disobedient. Um, a dog who is confused can be stressed, and stress can look like disobedience and and just being a naughty dog, but that might not always be the case. Your dog just might be very confused and stressed. The other one then is is people lack or just don't reinforce commands. And this, again, it sounds like an easy one. But it's so often missed. I'll watch people when they're interacting with their dog. They'll tell their dog to sit or down or do whatever. And the dog doesn't do it. And I would have to say with a lot of the clients that we work with, when we first start working with them, 95% of them, if not more, 
just go, well, whatever. And they just continue talking or doing whatever it might be, but they don't finish the command. They don't, you told your dog to sit and I'll actually tell them that make sure you told your dog to sit. And they're like, well, yeah, I know. It's just, he's so excited. That's an excuse. Stop giving your dog excuses for why they're not doing the basic things that you know they know and start to work on it. Make it better. Reinforce it. And that's a huge struggle with people. They, If it gets difficult, we don't want to be hard on our dog. So when it gets difficult, we tend to back off. Well, that's not doing us or our dog any favors. And we need to make sure that, look, if I told you to sit, dude, you are going to sit. This has to happen. Um... The next one then, and this is one I see so often, giving in to your dog. This this comes in a variety of different ways. We'll touch on a couple of them, but you could probably think of some on your own that maybe apply to you more. Uh, giving in to your dog. Your dog is, is, is crate in their kennel, and your dog doesn't want to be in their kennel, so they cry and they complain. And, and I hear people go, well, I just have to sleep. I need to get my sleep, so I just let the dog out and... I let the dog sleep in bed with me or whatever. You gave in to your dog. Your dog said, I'm not happy in here. I don't want to be in here. And instead of you saying too bad, toughen it out or start to go, well, okay, but we're going we're gonna to make you tough this out, but then we're going to come back and we're going to train and work on this and make it better for you. People just give in and just, just let the dog be loose. And that's when your separation anxieties or, or destructiveness in the house, like people will come and they'll be like, well, my dog chews on my couch when I'm gone. And I'm like, well, why does your dog have access to the couch when you're gone? Well, we tried to kennel him when he was a puppy and he complained and just didn't seem to like it. So we didn't let him. We didn't, we didn't make him stay in it. Of course your dog doesn't like. There's not a lot of dogs when you first introduce them to a kennel that go, well, my goodness, I love this place. This is awesome. No, they go, you know what? I'd rather be out with you guys and doing stuff with you. Unfortunately or fortunately, the kennel is a safe place, especially for puppies. And it's safe, meaning your couch can live another day. And that's what people are missing. It's like you have to be a little tougher with your dog. We'll tell our clients as much as it might be offensive, we'll say, look, you need to grow a backbone. You need to grow a backbone and you need to just be like, dog, you're going to have to just toughen this out. Now, if the dog is self-harming or injuring itself in its kennel, okay, I can understand trying to be like, well, in that moment, I need to save my dog. But if your dog is just crying, just crying, complaining, I, I, I would let them work it out and then work on training, create training better. The other one then is like putting on, on training equipment, whether it's harnesses, gentle leaders, uh, telling them to come. It's just do all these different things. If the dog says, no, I don't want to, people go, well, okay, fine. That's cool. I'm not going to make you do it. You know, and, and a common thing is that people are like, well, I just don't want to fight with my dog. And I can understand that. But at the same time, what, what, when's it going to stop? If your dog starts to learn that they can just throw fits and manipulate what you're making them do, well, when is it going to stop? When is the dog just going to magically become diff, become better? There's no magic pill for this. It's, it's, it won't, it'll just continue to build. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you can absolutely do, you can do nothing with your dog and your dog dictates, dictates everything. And you've taught them that. So you need to make sure you're consistent with what you tell your dog to do. Look, if I told you to sit, you're going to sit, of course. But if, if I said go to your kennel and I'm putting you in your kennel, I'm not letting you dictate when you can and cannot come out. You have to just do this because I said so. I'm going to be consistent with the crating. I'm going to be consistent with the putting on, on gentle leaders, harnesses, collars, whatever it might be. I'm going to be consistent with when I tell you to come in the house. You're going to 
maybe say no and try to play keep away that end and this is this is my my whole thing when it comes to like keep away and stuff i don't care if it takes me an hour the end result of this game this keep away game is you're going in the house and and it, it's going to happen now there's different ways of going about this whether you're using treats or a leash or or whatever or just manipulation um there's ways around it but in the end i am going to make you do this this is going to happen because i told you so i don't want a dog especially young dogs who are learning and trying to figure out life i don't want a young dog to be able to understand that they can manipulate or push us because it's not going to it's not going to make us happy and if, if you've listened to any of my previous podcast episodes you've heard me say the words uh balance the word balance Balance is so important, and I'm not just talking about training, a balance training, whatever. I'm talking about the relationship you have with your dog. It needs to be balanced. You can't have a dog being super happy with life and you being miserable because your dog runs the whole show. Vice versa. I don't want a dog who's miserable because I am being inappropriate with how I'm training or doing whatever. I, we need to find a balance in there where the dog is happy and I'm happy or we're happy. And, and once we find that, we'll be in great shape. But unfortunately, I think people are quick to just go, well, I guess I'll just deal with it. And over time, it just bogs them down and down. And, well, do you like your dog? Yeah, the, the, I love it. The dog's nice. Well, okay. You know, and then they'll say, well, the dog loves me. Okay, cool. Dog loves you. Dog likes you, wants to hang out with you. I mean, you still feed it or do whatever, maybe. Um, but does the dog respect you? And respect can be such like a weird word for people. They they hear the word respect and they're like, well, that means I got to be hard on my dog. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just means you have to be consistent. If you're consistent with what you expect of your dog, if you're consistent with, like, you know, when I say don't jump on me, that means don't jump on me. If it's, if it's don't bite me, I'm not going to let you bite me. Like there's all these different things. If you're just consistent, you will come across to, to your dog as a leader and it'll be someone that your dog will respect. So keep that in mind, like just, just be consistent. I, I, I can't even say it any more clear, I guess. Um, the next one then is, is your dog knows when it's training time and when it's not. So when it's training and when it's real life. Real life, your dog probably doesn't have a collar on or if it does, it doesn't have a leash on. Your treats are away, you don't, you know, whatever. There's all these different cues that we have for our dogs to let them know, hey, it's training time. So then, of course, when it's training time, your dog's a little angel and works perfect and will do anything you want, anything you want them to do because, well, there's cookies, there's treats, there's all these things involved. You take your training equipment off, what's your dog do then? That, to me, is the biggest tell. And that, to me, is one of the bigger struggles. How do we get our dogs to listen when they're not in training mode? I always tell people, and here's a little tip for everybody, I will set things up so that my dog thinks it's not training i'll be in the kitchen like if i'm working on leave it i'll be in the kitchen and i'll accidentally drop something on the floor uh i'll set things up to try and get a dog to counter surf and i'm doing all these different things and there's no treats out yeah maybe i'll have a treat something in my pocket you know or something kind of tucked away and i can bring it out eventually if the dog earns it or, or needs it but I'm not going to go, okay, put my training vest on, put my treat pouch on. I love treat pouches, guys, by the way. I'm not saying don't use them. And, and get my toys and get my leash and hook my dog up and do all these things. I am all for leash training your dogs, of course, when you are doing – you have to do structured training sessions, of course. 
But there's got, there has to be moments where you're taking your training and you're putting it into real life situations and you're testing your dog through times they don't maybe think they're actually training. You want your dog to think they're always training. Everything's an opportunity, whether it's to, to get a treat or do something. So listening is always, if the dog does what they say, no matter what the situation is, there's an opportunity there to get rewarded. If the dog thinks that, the dog's going to be way happier and way better for it. So remember that, guys. Try to set up training sessions so that it's it's easier and more, it's easier to for your dog to go, well, every opportunity could be that opportunity to get something good. It definitely helps. Now we're going to go ahead and flip the script a little bit here, and we're going to talk about training in general. And um, I, I think one of the problems, and this is a problem I think that stems way beyond um, dog training. This is just people in general nowadays. I sound like an old person. Well, back in my day, it was the same. But but nowadays, I, I feel we live in a society that wants instant results, right? So you want... You know, like, like, think about it. You can, you, you can order food. Like, if you live in the cities, you can order food and get basically whatever you want delivered to you. You know, you can, you go online, you get inf- instant information, right? I mean, how often, when you're having a debate with somebody, do you instantly just grab your phone and, boop, 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 oh, I was right, look it, and, and you have it, right? So, we live in an instant gratification, instant results world now. Unfortunately... Some people think this leaks into dog training, and it doesn't. Way too many people are expecting results like that. They just want the results so fast that if they don't get it fast enough, or if they don't get the results like immediately, like if they're like, oh, I'm going to try this new style of training, and they try it, and then the dog doesn't do it right, you know, they're going to, they, they quickly drop off and go to the next one. You know, they expect these instant results, and it's just typically not the case with dogs. Um, they switch their training styles just just way too quick. That is, that to me is is a, in a nutshell inconsistency. But you can say, well, I'm training my dog. Yes, you are, but there's a difference. Are you train? It'd be like me. You know, yeah, I might be training, but am I training for baseball or football or agility with my dog or swimming? all completely different yeah we're training but we're all completely different you know or you take like okay well we'll take football i like football i'm sure some of you maybe like football um you're training to be a quarterback right so you're training to be a quarterback and and yeah you might be still training football but suddenly now they're like we're gonna have you train to be a punter and then, like, the next day, they're like, okay, now you're going to be a cornerback. Okay, now next day, you're going to be a linebacker. Okay, next day, you're going to be a wide receiver. And they move you all around. So, yeah, you are training football. But what you're training changes constantly. You'll never get a grasp of it. And that's your dog. In a, that's your dog. If you switch your training styles too fast, your dog will not understand it. You need to give them time. Whatever, I don't care what training style you are using. Whatever. Find one that suits you and then stick with it and give it a chance. And when I say give it a chance, I mean give it a chance. I, I, don't, I can't put a timestamp on it necessarily. You can maybe say give it a, 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 a month, give it two months, something like that. You have to give these a chance. And don't look for it to be fixed. I hate the term, well, I'm going to fix my dog. I don't think that's, ex- I don't believe that at all. I don't think dogs can be fixed. Um, Sorry if you hear noise in the background. My my robot vacuum just decided to finish up at the right time, of course. Um, 
don't, don't I just don't like the word fix. You know, we can manage, we can tweak, we can make it, we can make adjustments to a dog, but sometimes the word fix it just gets thrown around too much. Um, but but you'll have people who who just move away because it didn't work because you're like, well, what, what's your goal? Well, okay, my goal is I want to teach my dog not to jump on me anymore. Okay, so after a couple sessions, you your dog still's jumping on you, and you go, well, that didn't work, and on to the next thing. Okay, I'm going to try to train it a different way. But you didn't give it enough time. And I think the problem is that we're not looking at it. We're not, we're not breaking it down. Okay, so you're just looking at the final product. Did the dog jump on me? Yes. Okay. Well, it didn't work then. But then you, you start, if you actually pay attention and you look at it, you might see these little differences in your dog where your dog comes up and sits for a second and maybe you didn't see it and you couldn't reward it or acknowledge it fast enough and then the dog jumped. Dog still jumped, so that's not ideal. However, the dog offered that sit. Now we're making progress. Or the dog comes up and goes to jump on you once. You see it wanting to jump and it twitches and it kind of stops itself, but then it jumps again. Again, you might look at it as, well, shit, my dog jumped, so this isn't working. You failed to see that little catch at the beginning where your dog started to think about it. Started to say, maybe this isn't the right thing, and then lack of impulse control, whatever, took over, dog still jumped. Find those little victories. Look for those little victories. And if you're seeing those little victories, you are on the right track. You just have to stick with it. There is no magic pill. I don't care what training devices you use. I don't care, you know, what treats you use. It does not matter. There is no magic pill to instantly stop. If you see a video on YouTube, if you see a trainer saying, instantly stop this or instantly do that, to me, it's smoke and mirrors. It's smoke and mirrors because what you're trying to change is their brain and how they process things. And this takes time. So don't get caught up on instant results. Be willing to do the process. If you go through the process and in the end it's still not what you want, okay, cool, change it. But give it a chance, give it time. Because you're not doing your dog any bit of good by constantly switching off all these different things. There's sports I do in training and people love to switch how they do things all the time and I see that. The dog just starts to maybe possibly just get a little bit of understanding of what you're trying to teach and because the results aren't fast enough, the client goes or the owner goes, up. Oh, we're going to try a different style and then we start all over again because now the dog has to relearn a new system. So remember these things. These are all huge. Be consistent with your dog. Be absolutely consistent through all the different things that we talked about. Okay? So, so hopefully, guys, this was helpful. Um, hopefully, you're kind of thinking about, well, maybe there's some things I do in my life that aren't perfect for, you know, maybe I'm not being as consistent. You know, take the, take the issues your dogs have and then look at what, they're do, what you're doing to make it better. And if the answer is not a lot, then you're inconsistent. Because if you're trying to fix something, oh, I hate that term, but it just comes out so easy. <sighs> you can't fix if you're looking to make something better, but you're not doing the steps towards it and you're actually doing things that are maybe feeding it to make it worse, it's definitely inconsistency. So guys, thank you for listening. Remember, if you want, go check out our website, ondogtrainingacademy.com. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, the Ondog Facebook page. You can find our Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast Facebook page. Also, we are on Instagram. You can look for Ondog Training Academy as well on there. 
Um, but thank you for listening this week. I really appreciate it. Remember, if you're listening to us on the podcast, we do have our YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on YouTube, hey, make sure you go check out our other videos uh, and make sure you check out some of the ones that are exclusively only on YouTube, uh, including our new series about myths, myths of dog training. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys check all that stuff out. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us some comments, do whatever you guys want. Say hi in the comments. It's always good to hear from people. And guys, like always, we'll see you next week.